0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Let's get into this. We're going to be talking about the Abrahamic covenant. I'll read from the syllabus in the introduction. It says, roughly 4,000 years ago, God made a covenant with Abraham, a shepherd from Mesopotamia. God asked Abraham to leave the land. Leave his family and home, go to a distant land. God made a promise or a covenant that if Abraham obeyed and took this step of faith, God would make him a great nation and that he and all his descendants would be blessed. That he and all his descendants would be blessed. Even after being tested to give up his son, Isaac, which, by the way, was a type of Christ to come. If you ever wondered why, just food for thought. I'm fixing a mess with you right now in the introduction. You ready? Food for thought. You ever wondered why Christ had a crown of thorns on his head? Many people would guess and say that was before our thinking and all of that. But if Isaac was a type of Christ and God provided the sacrifice and came in the form of a ram which was a male mature lamb whose horns got caught in the thorns when the Lamb of God came into the world he had a crown of thorns saying that God is the one who provided the ultimate sacrifice and he's there by his own power not by anybody else's just like Isaac was God used Abraham in so many ways. But the promise goes on further. Abraham chose to trust God. This is why the book of Hebrews calls him the father of faith. God's covenant with Abraham shows us that faith alone is the way we enter into a relationship with God. uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. The scripture says this. And now... Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Notice what it says there. Let your roots grow down. That means get planted. Be stable. Don't jump around. There's so many people that love to jump around from church to church to move to move based on emotion, and they never have a chance to grow. What would you do if you went and bought a plant from Lowe's or Home Depot? So I'm not playing favorites here. (laughs) Planted it in the ground. (laughs) In the next week, you put it, brought it back up, put it someplace else, put it someplace that you'd never grow anything. When you find Jesus, you find the assignment, which is tied to a local church and you get planted and God gives you and makes you part of that assignment because God chooses to work through the church. That's how it works. That's another semester on that alone. For it says here, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. High-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than Christ, which is the anointing. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human in, in, in a human body. So also you are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You may have missed that. So you all. Let me read it again. So you also are complete through your union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were, watch this now. Here it is. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised. But not by a physical procedure. The cutting away of your sinful nature is what it was. You were Buried with Christ when you were baptized. Water baptism is a burial. Which represents and with him you were raised to the newness of Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins. Because of your sinful nature. Was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. Now what he's saying. God made you alive with the anointing. Receiving his spirit. For he forgave all your sins. That's why you have the spirit. He canceled the record of charges against you. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. Somebody say, hallelujah. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, fill this atmosphere and make it conducive for learning and growing and bring stability and remove every ounce of doubt, fear, unbelief, frustration, distractions. Right now, I just speak over this environment and we ask you, dear God, Make it a tabletop, God, to graze. Let there be still waters come through here, God, for drinking. And let the good shepherd, God, begin to lead us. As we graze in this moment the word of God, we thank you, dear Lord, for growth, understanding, love, and nourishment today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody who believes, say amen. Just because he's good and just because he's the king, give him a shout of praise and somebody... Clap your hands unto God and lift them up with the voice of triumph. Come on. Somebody shout Jesus. Amen. Turn around to somebody and tell them you have a covenant with God through Abraham. And you can be seated. You have a covenant with God through Abraham. I thought to myself, when I heard of my lineage and heard the names of my family, like Flaco, Paco, and Hova, I thought, man, I don't have much of a future. I'm just saying. And don't laugh, those are real names. (laughs) When you hear of Abraham, everyone knows Abraham. In fact, Abraham is one of the most notable leaders and spiritual fathers known to many religions, more predominantly the Jewish faith, the Muslims, the Hindu, and Christians. All of them trace their roots back to Abraham. And everybody claims stake to the covenant promises made to Abraham. If God had not blessed Abraham, nobody would even pay attention to him. But because God made a covenant with him and blessed him and made him great, everybody takes pride in it now, pride in that. It's important for us to understand this process and how God established us. Why are we blessed in so many ways? If your life isn't blessed to the point where you can stop every day and say with a, tr- with a true and a sincere heart, say, thank you, Jesus. Then we invite you to make Jesus your Lord and Savior and find out why. Because there's so much more to this than just coming to church. Christianity is not just about coming to a building or a place of worship on a Sunday to get an emotional fix and hear a lesson or an inspirational sermon then go pig out and lay before the Lord all day. It's more than that. Way more than that. God has called us out and we are identified as a holy nation, a peculiar people. And it didn't stop with the Israelites. It began and continued with the church. I want to show you this diagram. Some of you probably can't see that from way in the back, but I I will tell you that if you'll download my sermon notes, every pastor that speaks on a Sunday have given their sermon notes for you to download and print off at home. You just have to hashtag commercial, download our app. We have an app. You can stay connected with us, get notifications, and we would love to help equip you and help you grow in your relationship with God. It begins with Abraham at the top. And if you see that Abraham had more more wives than he could handle. But the covenant was made with Sarah because God promised Abraham and Sarah. In fact, before Abraham was Abraham, he was Abram. And it continues to go down to Isaac and then Rebekah, and Rebekah had Jacob and Esau. But we have to follow through to whoever had the covenant passed on to them. Jacob stole it from Esau. By masquerading himself, walking in, and even Rebecca was in on it and said, listen, I'm going to make him the best carne in the world. Only I know how he likes it. Now, it doesn't say it was carne but if I was him and it was a deer in the wheel, it would put some gravy on that thing. It would be carne So I'm just telling you, all I'm saying is it was good. And so Jacob took it. Now, what's important about looking at this lineage is, is that these weren't perfect men. Even Abraham is caught lying in the scripture. And Jacob's called to be a conniving, lying, dishonest individual. But they wanted, and he wanted the covenant. And it passed on to Jacob, and you do reap what you sow. And he worked for Laban, and Laban said, if you work for me for seven years, I'll give you Rachel, who he wanted to marry. And Laban gave him Leah. And then he said, no, another seven years. Here we go again. He loved her, and he went for 14 years. But Jacob was so blessed. Jacob, the scripture says, Laban said, please don't leave me. I have discovered over the years that because you're with me, God has blessed me because of you. What we need to recognize is this is a carryover of a covenant that God made with Abraham. This is a carryover. It continues, and as it continues, you can find the same type of blessings until it gets all the way down through Judah, all the way down to King David. And then from King David, we see every king having to keep the commandments, and then God made a promise to David. And Abraham was considered to be a judge, somewhat of a king, because God was king. Then God established kings, and it continued. And through that royal authority and government, one day laying in a manger came the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But everything here, so here's the point I want to make you in this diagram. One of the promises was, as we read earlier, that God would make Abraham a great nation, as we read before in this in this semester but when you count from Jesus on back to Abraham if you can count it that wasn't the covenant because God told Abraham I'm going to give you so many children you're going to be a great nation that you won't be able to count them well we can count back from Jesus to Abraham that wasn't the promise but here's the next slide Before God changed his name to Abraham, it was Abram. Abram was the name prior to him becoming Abraham. The word Ham is the H which represents in the Hebrew, the H is the breath of God. That's why you say with the Ham. God breathed and he Gave his breath to Abraham, and it was Sari to Sarah. God breathed on them, he, he took, gave them breath. Prior to this, he was named Abram, which meant the high father, a place of honor. He didn't have children, but he was in a place of honor and respect. God had given him the name of a high father even before he had children. Like many of us who receive promises from God, many times you have the evidence of the blessing in your name or in your character, but you haven't really seen it come to pass. Because the evidence of the promise will be fulfilled through the breath of God. I can relate to this somewhat in my life when I've seen glimpses of hope of what God has ever promised me in my personal life, but it wasn't until I learned how to breathe the breath of life and the spirit of God and had a prayer life that God fulfilled the promise, and this is what he did for Abraham. When he breathed on Abraham and threw a promise and a covenant and changed his name, then you see everything begin to take place, and Isaac was born. So this is what we end up having, and the next one, this is the, what we end up seeing all the way down to Jesus. And from that point onward, you can't count the number of children that were born. Through Jesus Christ, who came from the loins of Abraham to David, many, many children have been born again. That's you and I. Residing within yourself and your place in your life, you have royal blood. Now, how does that take place? Would you like to know how that takes place? Would you like to understand how you have royal blood in you? you got to go back and see where Jesus got his blood from. How did Jesus get his blood? It is a fact. When a child is born, it has to have blood from the father, the male father, in order to conceive and be a seed. Jesus didn't have a physical father. He had a spiritual father. And when the Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary, he conceived of the Holy Ghost. That's why it's called the Immaculate Conception, pure and holy. That's why it's a miraculous birth that took place. That's why people who have overthought this can't conceive this and say it's humanly impossible. But for God, nothing's impossible. And when you look at this and the concept of the birth of Jesus, then you begin to understand, hold on a second. When I was born, spiritually, I asked for forgiveness. And by faith, God forgave me through the blood. When I was hungry for God and I accepted the fact that there was a promise for me, God filled me with his spirit. The same spirit that was in Christ, the same spirit that was in Christ was God himself. Therefore, when you were conceived in the womb of the church and born again within your spirit, you had the spirit of Christ, the same spirit that was in the blood. You now are part of a bloodline by faith. So now we are talking about the children of Abraham. So now, when you look at this, now it makes sense. All over the world, all over the world, today or yesterday or the day before, all over the world, there are people people gathering together to worship the King of Glory who you can't put a number on. Even those that preceded you a century ago, century after century after century, all the way back to Abraham. Now it makes sense. Because if you can count the grains of sand on every beach in the world, and you can count the number of children that God gave to Abraham, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Number one, I want to share with you this, and I want you to write this down. We are the fulfillment of the promises made to Abraham. This is very fundamental, but it's very important to understand this. Because if you'll embrace this today, if you'll just accept and understand this through the word of God. Don't take my word for it. I tell everybody we should know, go home and do the research yourself. Because it's so important to go back and verify this to get it in you and get rooted. That's how you get rooted. But when you understand every promise was given to the seed, it becomes exciting. But even what makes it more exciting, if you look at the promises made to Abraham, what were those promises? Like, what are the promises? The first promise was this. He said, I would make your name great. I would make your name great. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? listen let me clarify this very quickly because some of us according to American standards have a associated greatness with money but your great name is not associated with money your great name is associated with somebody that's greater than you and reputation and loyalty and faithfulness and influence so it's not what you've been able to buy in this life it's who you've been able to influence because I can give you people that didn't have much who made an impact in the world by their life. Yes. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. It's your ability to affect people, positively affect them. Genesis chapter 12, this is what God gave to Abraham. Verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, this is even before his name was Abraham, get out of your country. From your family and from your father's house to a land that I shall show you. And I will make a great nation, you a great nation. God can do it from one person. You remember when when the children of Israel built the golden calf? And Moses was on Mount Zion and they they built the golden calf. And God told Moses, hold on, Moses, let me go. I'm going to destroy all of them, all the millions of Jewish and the Israelites people. And he said, I'll make a great nation out of you. I'll start over. God can do it. But he told Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. Now, I bet you this is hard to believe for Abraham in this moment because he had no children. He was still Abram. But notice, every promise God gives us doesn't come with the package. It, comes w- it doesn't come with the fruit. It comes with the seed. Every promise that's given to all of us comes in the form of a seed. And a seed has to die, a seed has to be planted, and a seed has to grow. But you have to have stability in your life. Consistency in your life. Abraham almost lost it when he went to Hagar the first time and gave us Ishmael, which by the way, thank you Abraham for all of that. But God was merciful to him. And got him realigned. And he said this, and I will bless you and make you a great name, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Did you catch that? All the families of the earth shall be blessed. How is that? Through you, Abraham, because of what you've done, because of your obedience, because of what I'm going to make a great name out of you. I have known people that have come to God broken, out of prison, with addiction, who have simply just surrendered their life wholly to God. No one knew who they were, but then God would make something great out of them because he you cannot stop a great God from showing himself through you except, listen to this now, don't clap just yet, except by faith. A lack of faith or having faith. A negative mindset. An insecure mindset. Well, oh, I'm, not, I'm not good enough for that. Well, God, you don't know my family, what my dad is, what my mom has done, what my aunts, my uncle, my grandma, my grandma. God, in his mercy, bypassed your family, went straight to you or through your family. But if you're like me, I wasn't raised in church. I'm just telling you, don't walk out the door yet if you don't know me. My father, and my father built the, the, the biggest nightclub in Victoria, Texas. I was a son of a nightclub owner. I shouldn't be here. But God found me. Somebody prayed for me. I repented. He gave me the blood. I was water baptized. He gave me his name. He filled me with his spirit. He gave me his nature and every promise that has been passed down from Abraham all the way down to Jesus Christ. And by being planted and being consistent, here we are today. I don't know how I got here. All I can tell you is things started to grow. I started to plant roots. I don't know how I got up here, but here I am. Like Jack and the Beanstalk. God is big. God is great. God is mighty. There's nothing that God cannot do. Those of you who went to Sunday school just know what I just recited right there. Someone say it with me, my God is so big. Say, my God is so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. Hmm. He also said, You're going to inherit land. Genesis chapter 12. By the way, this is the promises made to Abraham, but these are also your promises. I'm going to show you this. I'm telling you what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, then I'm going to tell you what I told you. That's how you teach. You're going to hear it three times in a row. By the time you walk out of here, you're going to be like, my God, I got it. I got it. Inherit land. Now, watch this. You're thinking Middle East, conflict. You're thinking, let's go back Old Testament. Let's look at Geography. We're going to take it further because I'm going to show you through Genesis chapter 12. The Lord appeared to Abram. Again, he wasn't Abraham yet. He was Abram. To your descendants, I will give this land. He talked about the region. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. The very first thing that Abraham did after giving a promise was worship. Worship is the very first First step when you receive something from God and get a revelation and an understanding of who and what he has done. Who he is, what he's done, and what he said. Following the promise of this, he gave him even more. Here's the fulfillment because he told him right here the next promise was his seed would be a great nation. Now, this ties in to those that are prior to this, but this kind of ties it in. Genesis chapter 13, here's where it begins to make sense. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, if you don't know the story in this right here, this is the moment when Lot's family and servants were growing in number and abrahams were growing in number and their servants began to fight with each other and then they said we need to part ways and then he told abram abram told lot you choose the land go first he was a gentleman but he also knew god was with him and lot got greedy and lot tried to be sneaky and he said i'm gonna take that land right there the fertile land the land with water He left all the dry land and everything else to Abram. And this is where where we pick up on the rest of that. After Lot had separated from him, the Lord said, lift up your eyes now and look from this place where you are northward. Watch this. This is interesting. He said, look northward. Look southward. He said, look eastward and westward. You know what that meant? Even the land that you gave to Lot. He let him have it, but God wasn't going to let him keep it. So it doesn't matter who does what to you. When God promised you something, that supersedes and overrides everyone else. No one can take from you what God has promised you, and no one can curse what God has blessed. For all the land which you see, I give to you, and your descendants, how long? Forever. As far as what? You can see. Can I tell you why people have not acquired, I'm not talking about land, but have an acquired the promise of God in their life? Because they've limited their vision and they can only see as far as the mirror but according to the Word of God there are no limitations to how far God wants to take you with your influence and bless you that's why no matter where God plants you no matter where you're at in your industry no matter where you're at as a family, no matter who you are, when you have inherited the promises of God through faithful Abraham, there are no limitations. As long as you have the vision to see it, you have the vision to go there. Watch this. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. We know that's not true. I mean, as we know that's impossible. Okay, you go to every beach in the world and try to count the little grains of sand. Come back when you're done. Just saying. Come back when you're done. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. The question is how far can you see? Where do you see your business? Where do you see your family? Where do you see your marriage? Where do you see your children? Where do you see your grandchildren? Where do you see your great-grandchildren? Where do you see your great-great-grandchildren? It said your descendants forever. What you do now will be carried over to generations after you. You're living your life right now, and you think, Oh, I need the blessings of God. But little do you know right now, or maybe some of you do know that what you're actually doing right now for God and sowing into His kingdom and serving in the kingdom, and your prayers that are being surrendered to Him, it will be answered way after you're gone. Where is that in the Bible, Pastor Bobby? I believe when Abraham conquered the heathens and he took their spoils and riches, the scripture says he went to a type of Christ, I believe, in the Old Testament by the priest, the high priest, whose name, the king of Salem, actually whose name was Melchizedek. Melchizedek received a tenth of what Abraham had done. Years, years later, God speaks to Moses tells him to build the tabernacle and gives him the tribe of Levi for the priesthood and gives him the high priest. And you know what God told Abraham? He said, because of what Abraham did in sowing to Melchizedek, the children and the generations that were in his loins paid tithes through faithful Abraham. Therefore, the priesthood paid tithes in the eyes of God and they were blessed. I'm telling you here right now, God doesn't forget. God does not forget. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I want to tell somebody, I think it's a multiple group of people, because I'm telling you right now, you must understand and stand on the promises that God has made to us as descendants of Abraham to understand that it concerns your. Children, And if your children have gone off the beaten path, if they've gone off into a place where you feel like there's no hope, they've gone so far, how can they come back to God? Let me just simply tell you, there are promises in the Bible that God has given to you that you need to stand on and be bold about (laughs) to say that all of my descendants are going to be blessed through faithful Abraham and God is going to fulfill every single promise. And what I'm doing right now, I believe God will bless my children because of it. And it doesn't have to do with money. It has to do with integrity, character, righteousness, mercy, forgiveness, and the grace of God in your life. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. God isn't mocked. God keeps his word. Then he said, I'm going to make you a father of many Nations, a father of many nations, folks. Not just one nation, not just the nation of Israel, many nations. Genesis 15 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring, Abraham said. Indeed, one is born of my house, is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, there is one. This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look now towards the heavens, count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall be your descendants. They shall be. What does this have to do with us? I want you to look around. Not everybody is white, not everybody is brown, not everybody is black. We are many different people in this place. We are here because one man was given a promise, and another man, not more, not just a man. But more than a man who was God in human flesh came into this world, fulfilled the promise, and he was known as the seed of Abraham, and that seed was planted in you. And out of your branches shall many, many be born. Because a seed produces a tree, and a tree produces fruit. And the fruit produces after its own kind. And it's more than you can number. There are more people within your sphere of influence that God has called you to win. To influence. And it's more than you can count. Listen, go buy an apple. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. The seed has everything inside of there and every promise. And when Jesus was sown into your life as the seed of Abraham, and as you grow in God and you mature in Christ and you have a relationship, that seed begins to grow and mature and you'll see the fruit of it. That's why Jesus said, abide in me and my words and my spirit abide in you, that you shall produce much fruit. But without me, you can do nothing. And watch this. Here's the last promise I'm going to give you for right now. Through his seed. Here's another promise. Through his seed, all nations shall be blessed. What does that mean? Oh, my God. I'm going to read some of this for the sake of time, but then I'm going to just move on. Genesis 17. Have you taken notes? Write down Genesis 17. Through his seed, all nations shall be blessed. Through his seed, singular. When Abram was 99 years old and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me, be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. And then Abraham fell on his face and talked to God, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations in this moment. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. this is why this these semesters are so important that you understand the kingdom and understand that we are kings and priests and know that because of Abraham and what God you see here's the here's the deal don't don't start worshiping Abraham God had to use a vessel God had to use people in order to transfer the blessings into our lives and he had to come in the form of a human in order for those blessings to continue so don't think for one moment it just happens let me simply tell you this God still needs to use you but you shall know them by their fruit you shall know them by their fruit that can go either way what kind of fruit is it and how much is produced and I'm telling you right here according to Abraham and I will establish my covenant between you and me, between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give you and your descendants after you the land which, is, which you are a stranger in, all the land of Canaan, everlasting possession. And I will be their God. And God said to Abram, as for you, you shall keep my covenant and you and your descendants after throughout their generation, and this is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you, that every male child among you shall be circumcised. Turn to somebody and tell them we're fixing to take a right turn right here. Hold on. Put your seatbelt on. Don't get uncomfortable. Don't laugh. Don't giggle. Just keep looking forward because we have to talk about circumcision. Okay? I'm going to let you handle the responsibility of explaining this to your children after the church is over if they're in this building right now. And don't worry, this is not being taught in the children's department. So don't try to bring it up in conversation. The promise of him becoming a great nation, he gave a sign of circumcision. Now here's the second point, and I pose it as a question. Does God require circumcision for us? I don't know if he requires it, but I know it's still a sign. Everything in the Old Testament was a foreshadow of the new. And there is a sign that God has given for you and I to know that this covenant with Abraham was real. This sign was given to you and I as a believer to know that this covenant with Abraham was the real deal. That God didn't forget about it. Now, what I'm fixing to show you, I've had three scriptures I'm fixing to give you, each one of them with a topic. You're going to want to write these down and go home and read them. Remember, we're here to build, edify, learn, and educate so you can go home with a proper mindset and walk in a new authority and a freshness in your spirit. Here's the first one the fleshly covenant. Fleshly circumcision. Fleshly circumcision. Ephesians chapter 2. Watch this. The apostle Paul, who was a Pharisee, a Hebrew of Hebrews, said to the church of Ephesus, Don't forget that you Gentiles, if you weren't a Jew... Or an Israelite, you were a Gentile, a pagan worshiper, someone outside the covenant. Now he's talking to those that have been saved, born again, in covenant with God. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens. Ouch. Couldn't just stop at uncircumcised. He went further uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision. Watch this. Even though it affected only their bodies, not their hearts. Now you see the difference here. It was a sign, a physical sign. The new covenant, God would give a spiritual sign concerning the heart. That's the fleshly circumcision. Here is the spiritual circumcision. Write down spiritual circumcision. Romans chapter 2 verse 26. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteousness requires of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as circumcision? What he's trying to tell them, he says, listen, The reason for the circumcision was also to abide by the law. But if someone who isn't circumcised or isn't a Jew keeps the law, doesn't it account for him for for circumcision? In other words, if he's not sinning, he's not under the law, right? So that's the question. And and, will not his physical uncircumcision, a Gentile, if he fulfills the law, judge you who, even with your written code, and circumcision are the transgressors of the law <laughs> in other words isn't that gentile who doesn't sin because god has forgiven him of his sin and god has given him the grace to keep him from sin isn't he going to still show you up who are under the law circumcised who are sinning yeah. see him comparing the two yeah. here it is get ready tighten up your seat well don't tighten up take your seat off you ready For he, verse 28, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and the circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but from God. Oh, I'm sorry. Do I need to read it again? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, say with me, he is a Jew who is one inwardly. Say, and circumcision, come on, everybody, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. Last one, are you ready? Raise your hand if you're ready for the last one. Oh, I can't do it unless everybody's ready. I'm needy. I know. That's pitiful of me. I get it. I don't care. Need Everybody on board. We've got to reach everybody. Say true circumcision. See, you got to understand this. God knew what he was doing. And by the way, he was in the, here we go, a little bit of biology here. It was in the place of reproduction. That this covenant was made. That through this circumcision of the heart, we were produced after our own kind. True circumcision. Philippians 3. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs. Listen to how... What he is. This is still the Apostle Paul. You can tell in his language. Those people who do evil, those mutilators, now he's talking about those that cut the flesh, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship God in the spirit, by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. Okay, y'all make me do it again. Are you ready for verse 3? Repeat after me. Just, it's okay. Just repeat after me. Just, it's, all, it's all good. I'm not mad. Repeat after me. Say with me, For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. Oh, my God. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us We put no confidence in human effort. Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anyone could, indeed, indeed, if others have had reason to have confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Watch this, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew. If there was ever one, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. And he's standing in defense of the gospel to tell everybody that physical circumcision doesn't mean nothing anymore. It meant It was meant for a time to come that God would cut away the flesh of an old nature and cut away the old nature, which is the true circumcision of God made by the Spirit. And then when that sign comes, it represents the covenant made with Abraham carried on to his descendants. do you understand what I just told you? What I just told you was, I just asked you, how far can you see? How do you know where I'm supposed to be? How far can you see? How far can you see God bless you? How far can you see God begin to bless your children? Does this stop with me? You haven't heard me yet. Does this stop with me? Let me say it again. As God has blessed you. It will carry on to your descendants from one generation to the next generation. Your living for God isn't in vain. You're going to see God bless your children no matter how wayward they are, no matter how bad they are, no matter what they say. What you do isn't in vain. Listen, let me tell you something. It's not my time, maybe it's my time to do it later, but I don't know who's doing the the, the covenant God made with David. But here's a covenant God made with David that he gave them, he gave David mercy and said he would never fail to put a king on the throne. And when Solomon dedicated the temple, he prayed and nothing happened in the temple. But when he mentioned David and said, remember my father, David, the glory of God came into the temple. God remembers covenants. God remembers promises. God remembers what he told Abraham. And when he sees you, he sees a child of faith. I'm closing with this. Here's the conclusion. Everything I just told you is summed up in this scripture. Write it down, Galatians chapter 3. Somebody say, I'm a child of God. Somebody say, I've got a, I've got a great lineage. I've got, I got, I got a great family. Galatians 3 and 29. And now, read this with me. I want you, it's more impactful. You ready? Let's read it together. And now that you belong to Christ. Personalize it. Say, and now that I belong to Christ. Say, I am a true child of Abraham. I am his heir, and God's promises to Abraham belong to me. I'm going to read it the way it says it. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the children. You are the true children of Abraham. And are his heirs. And God's promises to Abraham belong to you now. Who did he write it to? The Galatians. Jew, Gentile, barbaric, normal, crazy, normal, poor, rich. Garcias, Smiths. Doesn't matter who you are. Sitting in this building represents all nations from different tribes and different tongues. Over the centuries, we've come together and lived in a land that I say that we're still blessed to live in. But no matter how far you go from the cross, the Spirit of God, you can't hide from. And He's found us. What I'm telling you here today is you should leave this building today understanding who you are and embrace your heritage and your inheritance and understand not only am I a child of God I have inherited every promise made to every single one in the bloodline that carried it now through Christ wherever I go God will bless I'm the head and not the tail I'm above and not beneath I'm blessed in the field and I'm blessed in the city I'm blessed going in I'm blessed going out Greater is he that's in me than him that's in the world. God's given me the ability and the right to every direction that I go that he's going to bless as long as I'm walking with him and keeping my covenant with him. I want you to stand to your feet here this Sunday morning. And I want you to make this declaration right now, if you will, before we walk out. I'm going to pray an impartation into your spirit today. That's what I'm going to pray for the sake of time. I'm going to pray God impart to you a revelation because you can have, you have knowledge right now. You have knowledge. You always receive knowledge, but what you need is a heart of understanding if you haven't got that by now. You need a heart of understanding to take what you've heard and let it begin to walk itself out will you lift up your hands right now and just receive it and just pray with me Father in the name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the seed of Abraham we pray right now that this word that the understanding of the covenants of God that have been passed down from generation to generation through the bloodline unto Jesus Christ have been passed on to us. Now that we have the Spirit of Christ, the blood of Jesus, the name of the Lord upon our lives, we stand in the promises of God and we say yea and amen. And we believe that we will walk as faithful Abraham has walked that we believe that we will be blessed those that bless us will be blessed those that curse us you will take care of but as for us my family and my house we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to worship you and we're going to praise you and we're going to build an altar in our home. And we're going to offer unto you a sacrifice of thanksgiving, a sacrifice of praise. And we're going to give you all the glory for every good thing in our life. To the glory of God, by the name of Jesus, now, we receive it now, in Jesus' name. Now somebody give him a shout of praise in this building. Come on. Come on, somebody. Come on real quick 20 seconds 20 seconds of praise 20 seconds of saying thank you 20 seconds of saying Lord I didn't know I had family but I got more than I know dear God I didn't know where I came from but now I know where I came from we're blessed we're highly favored thank you Lord